0: So in today's episode of Logistically Speaking, we're going to learn why North Carolina Ports has seized the number one spot in North America for productivity, what advantages the port offers from an intermodal side of business, and why the heck are things turning so cold at the ports and businesses are loving it.
1: Logistics is transforming our lives and the way we do business in today's ever-changing economy. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then we'll give you a peek behind the curtains to the topics and people who are driving this exploding industry. You're listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast, produced by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com or join the Thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Now, here's our publisher and our host, Eric Kleinsorge. Eric Kleinsorge.
0: Good afternoon and welcome to Logistically Speaking. I'm your host, Eric Kleinsorge, and I'm excited about today's show because we have a returning guest and a great partner of global trade. Brian Clark from the North Carolina ports will be joining us today, and I have to admit, I have a small, soft spot for this region in North Carolina as my son, Justin, played baseball for the Moorhead City Marlins. I had an opportunity to travel the area, watch him play, and I have to admit, it was absolutely beautiful. For those of you that missed our last show with Brian, he has served as executive director for the North Carolina State Ports Authority since January 1st of 2021. And under Clark's leadership, North Carolina Ports has completed several Critical infrastructure improvements, including the opening of a new Southgate container complex, the integration of new terminal and gate operating systems, container berth renovations, expansions of the turning basin, air draft improvements, and the addition of three Neo Panamax cranes. If that's not enough, Clark is overseeing the container terminal master plan aimed at increasing the capacity at the Port of Wilmington. During Clark's tenure, the Port of Wilmington's Container Terminal was recognized as the number one most productive port in North America and the 44th most productive port in the world by the World Bank Group and S&P Global Market Intelligence. We're gonna get more into that in just a moment. In June of 2022, Clark was appointed by the United States Transportation Secretary. Get ready for this, this is a tough one. Pete Buddha Edge Edge to the Maritime Transportation System National Advisory Committee. Clark has more than 25 years of experience in the maritime industry, having worked in senior positions in the port operations in several U.S. locations. Prior to his tenure at North Carolina Ports, Clark served as managing director for APM terminals in Port Elizabeth, New Jersey, and also in his time. At Port Elizabeth, Clark worked as a project director for APM Terminals in Mobile, Alabama, and served in the various operation roles with APM Terminals and Sealand Services, Inc. in his early career. Clark is a graduate of the United States Merchant Maritime Academy. He is also a graduate of the elite Duke University's Fuqua School of Business Executive Education Program. Clark resides in Wilmington, North Carolina with his wife, Jennifer, and three children, Madison, Paige, and Gavin. Brian, welcome to the show.
2: Good morning. Appreciate the opportunity. Good to talk to you again.
0: Absolutely. Now Brian, you're not a newbie here. You've done a show with us before. So if any of our listeners want to go back and listen to it, look it up. It was a great show. And I just want to thank you for being such a great partner of ours here at Global Trade Magazine. You've been a partner with us for several years now. And it's always nice to be able to educate our readers and listeners about the advantages you guys have to offer. But Before we dive in, I'd like to have you paint a picture for our listeners. Tell us a little bit about the port and why it'd be a prime choice for globally minded companies.
2: Great. Well, at North Carolina Ports, we actually operate two deep water ports. Uh, The Port of Wilmington is our largest. Uh, We also operate the Port of Moorhead City. And combined, we have a a tremendous uh, group of team members that just continually deliver the, the best levels of service to our customers. They understand the challenges, they develop solutions, and ultimately our goal, uh, our mission is to, to support the economy of the state and it's to find solutions and, and open up access for global trade.
0: No, absolutely. You guys have absolutely been busy there. So let's start off with some recognition. Uh, you guys have been winning some awards. So not only are you delivering on that mission to enhance the economy of North Carolina, North Carolina ports recently received global recognition for its best-in-class services there at the Port of Wilmington. Congratulations on that. How does that make you feel?
2: It's great recognition and uh, again it really really pay tribute to the team, not only the North Carolina Ports team, but all the stakeholders that help us uh, deliver on these these service levels and it's been great to get this global recognition as to our performance.
0: Absolutely Uh, and let's take a look at some of the numbers. According to the latest Container Port Performance Index, which measures port efficiency, Port of Wilmington is the number one most productive port in North America, up three spots from last year, and 44th globally, which I think last year you were 49th. Given your best-in-class productivity and service levels, are you seeing more industry sectors expanding the Port of Wilmington's role in their supply chain?
2: We are definitely seeing a lot of interest as to how we can support a company's changing supply chain or their, their desire to look for alternatives. The last couple of years has certainly uh, presented a number of challenges. And as we've continued to improve our options and, and grow our business, we are seeing more and more growth. Uh, we, we'll finish this year with about 10% year over year growth. We're working closely with customers to develop the solutions and, and to have them utilize uh, the the Port of Wilmington for uh, for their container trade.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm afforded the opportunity to travel around, and I get to talk with a lot of ports of entry. I get to talk to a lot of cities. And there's been a trend over the last, I'm going to say, three to five years of cold storage. And North Carolina Ports has been executing on an aggressive expansion plan to improve its infrastructure and service offerings to really enhance global business and to better facilitate customers' long-term needs. But from what I understand, some of those improvements include berth renovation and expansion, turning basin expansion and harbor deepening, a new gate complex, an expansion of the container yard and at the container yard, and as a part of that container yard expansion, you're currently in phase two of a state-of-the-art refrigerated container yard expansion. Can you share with our listeners what is included in this phase two and where do you see cold change volumes for imports and exports going into the future?
2: Sure. Uh, So there's been a lot of change, a lot of uh, expansion projects over the last number of years. Uh, And before I jump into the details on on the, the reefer yard, you highlighted some of those projects. We received tremendous support from the state and the General Assembly with annual capital appropriations to allow us to modernize the port facilities. A lot of the focus has been on the container uh, facility, and you know, that includes new cranes, the new gate complex that opened last year, the, the software, the terminal operating system that, that allows us to operate the facility. But one of the areas we focused heavily on that you alluded to is the, is the cold chain vertical. The export opportunity near port is substantial. The export pork and poultry, sweet potatoes, all, of, uh, all that trade requires the cold chain, sector and so we've we've invested heavily to to build the infrastructure out on the port, and at the same time, we're also working hard to attract the import volumes, uh, the import specifically perishables, to help help us balance or help our customers balance out their equipment flows. So um, we've seen uh, about four hundred percent growth in the the coal chain volumes or the refrigerator volumes over the last several years. We finished phase one of the reefer yard in early 2020. Phase two is underway. It'll be done in August of this year. And when we're done with that project, we'll have over 1,500 refrigerated container plugs on the port and be able to to support what we expect to be our continual growth in in that cold chain sector. And we're also seeing a lot of investment outside to support this opportunity. We have uh, near port, on port property, a 300,000 square foot cold storage facility uh, that'll be breaking ground next month. Near port, there's another 300,000 square foot cold storage facility uh, being developed by a company by the name of RL Cold. It'll be operated by a performance team. All of these investors and developers uh, see the same thing we see. We're in a prime location to support uh, the exports, but also to attract the imports that traditionally move north or south of, of the Mid-Atlantic area.
0: No, absolutely. And, and that's another big trend that I've I've seen. Over the past several years, is rail, rail, and more rail. In terms of that, there's also expansion the rail connectivity for the Port of Wilmington. Currently, the rail service providers you have are include the Queen City Express, which was inaugurated in 2017 in conjunction with CSX, and the Wilmington Midwest Express, serving Chicago and other Midwest markets via the new CSX hub and Rocky Mount, North Carolina. So I kind of want to ask, how is intermodal volume performing this year, and what do expansion plans look like in the future?
2: Excellent. Yeah, and the the intermodal reach has been another key focus area over the last number of years. As you said, the the Queen City Express launched in 2017. That was our, our first effort in the intermodal volumes out to the Charlotte market and west. And we've seen just a, a tremendous uptake on that product. This year alone, we've seen about 65% growth year over year. Uh, we did launch the Wilmington Midwest Express, uh, which is up into the Chicago and, and Midwest markets last year. And we're seeing some steady growth for import volumes into, into that region. And just recently, we, we announced a, a third product. It's uh, what's known as the Wilmington Rocky Mountain Express. And again, utilizing the, the, the CCX facility in Rocky Mount. It allows us uh, to to service the Northeast, North Carolina, and the the I-95 corridor. At the end of the day, our our customers, our container customers, require this inland reach, and it was really up to us to develop the products. We worked alongside with CSX. They are unique. They are branded products, so we are actually the service provider to our customers, but we work closely with CSX in order to, to develop the, the routes and, and to meet the, the customer requirements. This past year, we were actually the recipients of a federal raise grant. It's focused on building out our on-port intermodal facility. So today we're handling significant volume. As I said, we're seeing the, the great growth, but we're planning for the future. This first phase of the intermodal yard will add about 5,000 foot of working track. It'll introduce some dedicated yard equipment to be able to work all the uh, the, the rail lines and it'll allow us to, to grow over the next several years. Certainly, we'd like to see the, the growth that we've seen this past year, but likely a little bit more moderate in the future.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that's contributing to your performance on the container side, but North Carolina Ports is having a strong year on the general cargo side as well. I got to ask, what do you feel's contributed to all this success?
2: So part of our strategic plan has been to, to stay diversified. Um, we are making investments in, in both segments, both here in Wilmington and in Moorhead City, uh, which is uh, a solely a bulk and break bulk facility. But we're adding gantry cranes. We're doing berth improvements. Uh, we're building warehouses, all because we, we recognize being balanced served us well over the last several years, and it'll continue to serve us well in the future. As we work with our customers, the dual port option is attractive in some cases, where cargoes can be split between Moorhead City and Wilmington. And our on-port value-added services also add to uh, to you know the the solutions we can develop. What we saw over the last few years, you know, container space was constrained, so there was a conversion from a traditional container transportation to to a, a break bulk transportation. And we also saw a lot of congestion in other ports, so we took had the opportunity to take advantage of some ad hoc calls, and some of those ad hoc calls have converted to a a regular service in both port locations. And again, I think once a customer experiences the level of service that they do at North Carolina Ports, they want to understand how they can make it part of their overall solution.
0: In terms of our listeners, we've got large companies. We've got companies like the one I discussed with you that's, uh, that's really looking at your area right now. And we've got smaller companies. What size company and, and who should be considering contacting you and, and using your services port? Is there a too big, too small? What, what's your opinion on that?
2: I don't think there's any single size. We will work closely, uh, and we do work closely with all, all customers, uh, we'll, and if a unique solution needs to be developed, again, whether it's value-added services on pork, stripping, stuffing, rehandling, that's, I think, one thing that, that we definitely bring to the table is that customer-minded focus on, on developing a solution.
0: That's perfect. So we're kind of winding down the show today, and I really kind of want to just give our listeners kind of an overall wrap of how North Carolina Ports is expanding opportunities for logistics partners near the Port of Wilmington and, and why they would want to consider using your services.
2: So I, I highlighted a couple of the cold chain projects, cold uh, refrigerated warehouses that are going up. But we're also seeing the same on the dry side. We have a partner that's developing a, a speed transload facility on port property near our, our container gate near port. You know, within 10 to 15 miles, we're seeing a significant amount of development, whether it's spec or you know a, a specific project. So yeah as you, I think as you you look around over the last couple of years, you saw the the significant congestion. You saw the challenges that many supply chains had and and the the North Carolina ports, the port of Wilmington can develop and uh, has proven to develop a solution that not only enhances the supply chain, but might even you know provide a, for a more efficient handling, whether it's you know lower cost, uh, you know more efficient first or last mile so we're we're excited about the the amount of uh investment that's taken place outside of our gate, and we're excited about the the service levels that we continue to deliver and and I think the the future is very bright based on uh, based on what we're saying
0: yeah and on that I'd just like to dive a little deeper do you see us? On the back end trend of all that, con- you know, the congestions we're experiencing, are we working through that, or do you see a little bit of time still needed to, to work through all those issues?
2: Well, I think if you look across, uh, you know, many reports, there's there's a, a decline in volumes, containerized volumes specifically. Certainly, the um, the inflationary pressure, consumer spending is down. So year over year, most volumes are being reported are actually in decline. Um, There's a lot of uncertainty out there right now. You know, I think we're one of the few bright spots that's showing year over year growth. And so, you know, as we look at what we continue to do here, plan for the future and continue to to build out the infrastructure, you know, very excited about uh, what the future looks like.
0: Brian, as always, amazing information. I want to thank you for taking your time out today. I know you've got a busy work schedule and and it's always appreciated when you can share your knowledge on the industry and how North Carolina Ports can help our companies meet their supply chain demands. There's some really great things happening there and I want to commend you for helping them steer them in the right direction for success. That's a big challenge for today. And I'm sure you caught some of our listeners' ears today, and if they'd like to learn more about your services, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you?
2: Our website is North Carolina or NCPorts.com. All of our contact information is on there, as well as our, our services that we offer at both ports, and we uh, look forward to connecting and, and supporting anybody's needs.
0: Absolutely. With that said, we've had a great time today, and I want to also thank you, the listeners, for taking time out of your valuable day to spend with us. We know how important you are, and I hope we've provided you some interesting information on how you can improve your company's success. Till we meet again, I'm Eric Kleinsorge signing off and saying goodbye here from our Global Trade Studios in Dallas, Texas. So until our next episode of Logistically Speaking, don't forget. We love businesses that are on the move.
1: You've been listening to the Logistically Speaking GT podcast. We want to thank all of our astute readers of Global Trade Magazine and thank all of our great advertisers that helped make this possible. Remember, you can subscribe and find all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Logistically Speaking. And don't forget, globaltrademag.com's daily news and information is ranked number one by Google.